Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Deep inside the cells of an Australian mosquito are bacteria that kill deadly viruses by starving them to death. The death of these viruses could mean life for anyone bitten by them. Hello, and welcome to Tiny Vampires, a podcast about disease, science, and blood-sucking insects, a member of the Agora Podcast Network. I'm Raven Forrest Ruscalzo, your host. This episode is a follow-up to episode 23. After listening to that episode on the Wolbachia mosquito technique, Naomi Delgado wanted to know exactly how Wolbachia works on a cellular level. Because of this, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to the first Wolbachia episode again. There's a lot of background information I'm not going to give here because A, I don't want to be redundant, and B, because there's a lot of really interesting things happening with Wolbachia research right now, and I want to get to that. We're still in the thick of it when it comes to understanding the mechanics behind how these bacteria that are living inside the cells of a mosquito actually cure the mosquito of diseases like dengue fever. But there are a few things that we do know. We discovered not one, but at least two ways the bacteria are working. You may not have heard of reactive oxygen species before, but it's pretty likely that you've heard of the things we use to fight them. Antioxidants. Reactive oxygen species are called species because they are a whole group of molecules that do the same thing. So just like a bunch of similar animals are divided up into species, uh, so are these molecules. They all contain oxygen, and they're all highly reactive. They're important in a lot of ways. You can't exactly stay alive if there aren't any chemical reactions happening in your body. Even so, if there are a lot of them around, they start reacting with molecules that they shouldn't be, like DNA. Inside the mosquito, the Wolbachia tricks the cell it lives inside into building up a bunch of these oxygen-containing molecules. Because they can really hurt the cell, it starts running a program that creates antioxidants. Yep, they don't only come from blueberries. Your cells can just make them on demand whenever they need them. 
That program doesn't only create antioxidants, though. It also makes little proteins with the super-appropriate name of defensins that act like the cell's immune system. These defensins block the entrance to the cell so that the virus can't come inside and start messing everything up. So that's the kind of convoluted story of reactive oxygen species. Although it seems to play some part in protecting the mosquito from infection, it isn't the main method. Right now, it looks like the primary way the bacteria combat viruses is by competing with them for resources. This discovery was announced in the paper Dietary Cholesterol Modulates Pathogen Blocking by Wolbachia by Karataga et al. in 2013. Let's start by picturing a mosquito's cell. Like all cells, it has to have a way to keep its insides in and its outsides out. Because cells live in what's effectively a bag of water, which is the mosquito, don't start feeling superior. Humans and all other animals are pretty much just bags of water, too. The best way to separate the inside cell from the outside of the cell is by using a membrane made out of fat. It doesn't dissolve in water, so it stays pretty stable, and it's also flexible, so the cell can grow, move, and divide. As I'm sure you know from health food commercials, there are different kinds of fat. One kind that's used a lot in the cell membrane is cholesterol. Cholesterol can also be broken down into vitamins and hormones like steroids. These are really fast-acting because they're made up of the same type of thing as the cell membrane. They just slip right through it. An example of a steroid like this would be testosterone. So needless to say, it's very necessary to life of all cells and thus the life of the mosquito. Now, we have our mosquito cell with its cholesterol skin around it, letting hormones come in and do their work. Now, this mosquito cell is infected with the Wolbachia bacteria, which means that it lives inside of the mosquito's cell. It isn't just floating around inside the cell's guts, though. There, it could be attacked. So, it makes a bubble out of the mosquito's own cell membrane to live inside of. Every time the bacteria makes more of itself, it needs more membrane from the host's cell, and thus more cholesterol. Viruses also need cholesterol. Just like the cell itself, the virus has a cholesterol skin. In fact, this skin is so important that without it, the virus can't infect cells at all. None of these three can make cholesterol on their own. Not the mosquito, not the Wolbachia bacteria, and not the virus. This makes it a precious resource, all coming from one place, the mosquito's food. Knowing all of this, Karataga and his team came up with a hypothesis that just maybe Wolbachia was using up all of the cholesterol before the virus could get any. Like with any study of its kind, they needed a model organism, the insect that they were going to use to see if the hypothesis was correct or not. As you can imagine, 
scientists try to avoid being exposed to dangerous diseases if they can help it. Experimenting on mosquitoes chock full of dengue virus, when they didn't even have any evidence that the hypothesis was correct, would have been irresponsible at best. So instead, they went back to where it all started. They used the type of Wolbachia that was first discovered to cure an insect viral infection. The virus that it wiped out, and the original host insect. The tiny fruit fly. There were other benefits to using this system. They knew it would work because people had been working on these three amigos for years. It would also be really easy to tell if the virus was being treated, because if it's not, then the flies die. Fly buzzing around means the Wolbachia kicked the virus's butt. Dead flies mean the virus won out. This wouldn't work if you used mosquitoes, because dengue doesn't kill the mosquito, only humans. The experiment itself was beautifully simple. They started by giving a bunch of fruit flies this fly-killing virus. Some of the flies had their Wolbachia buddies helping them out. They were split into four groups. Group A, flies with no Wolbachia helping them out, and these guys died pretty quickly of the virus. This proved that the virus that they were giving them was actually lethal. Group B, the flies that had the virus and Wolbachia, who were fed a normal fly diet. These guys ended up pretty healthy. Group C was flies with the virus and Wolbachia and a medium level of cholesterol in their diet. And group D, which was the same as group C, except it had a super high cholesterol diet. These last two groups died of the virus. To check their findings, Karataga's team took the dead flies and checked their viral load, just in case it was their high cholesterol diet that was killing them instead of the virus. When they did this, they found that the groups given extra cholesterol had a much higher viral load than the flies that ate just normal food. What does this all mean? Well, it looks like the amount of cholesterol the viruses had access to inside of the fly's body is the virus's limiting factor. To get an idea of what a biologist means when they say limiting factor, um, here's an example. If you have 12 buns, 20 patties, and 15 pieces of cheese, you can still only make 12 cheeseburgers. The buns are the limiting factor. No matter how many patties and more cheese you add, it doesn't matter. You still are limited to only the buns. In this case, the Wolbachia was taking up all the buns, and there weren't enough left for the virus, so it couldn't replicate enough to kill the fly. This investigation was funded by the Foundation for the National Institute of Health. So the next question you might ask is, why? Why would the bacteria want to kill off dengue or this fruit fly virus or anything else? What does it care well, think of it from the bacteria's perspective. The only way the bacteria can keep its species going is to make its way into new insects all the time. 
The main way that this happens is from a mother insect to a child. The longer the host insect lives, the more babies she's likely to have, and all of those babies will be infected. The Wolbachia isn't selective about which virus it kills off, though. Even though having dengue doesn't hurt the mosquito, it functions like any other virus, so in a way, it's just a not-so-innocent bystander caught in the crossfire, and we humans are just taking advantage of the war. So that was the answer to Naomi's question. If you have a topic that you want us to dedicate an episode to, please send it to me on Twitter at TinyVampiresPod, on Facebook, or by using the Contact Us section of the TinyVampires.com webpage. We only have next month to go before we run out of suggestions, so send them my way. So far, I have never turned down a topic suggestion. The Agora announcement this month is a big one, and I'm really excited about it. Agora is going to be holding our own convention in New York City. Not only will many of your favorite Agora podcast hosts be there, but we're also going to have special guests from other awesome educational podcasts. So mark your calendar for the 29th of June. Next month's topic is on deforestation and its impact on public health. It's really nice to take a walk through the trees, and being in a natural setting has all kinds of health benefits. But there's another aspect to deforestation. What happens to all those disease vectors like mice, ticks, and kissing bugs once they lose their forest home? Check it out next month. In the meantime, tell a friend about the tiniest little siege war between viruses and bacteria that's happening deep inside many of the insects on Earth. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 